Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad recap episode, and it's a recap of the entire season two. That's right, we've uh, wasted all the last thirteen weeks spending an hour each week going over it. And we could have just done it in an hour already, because that's what we're doing today. Uh, we are going over all the best and worst bits and everything that we've talked about, and uh, want to talk about again for Season 2 of Breaking Bad. The longest one we've done so far, of course, uh, 13 episodes after a 7-episode season, so we've been here for a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, very excited. Always intrigued to go over these once again for a series recap. My name is Ben, and seriously, how gay are you? Yes, I can use it! (laughs) My name's Nick, and I'm having enough trouble working around your zits. Yeah, well, thank you for that. That's a very, uh, you know, personal thing for me, Nick. So, um... Yeah, anyway. Uh, season two of Breaking Bad, we are here. We, um, Gosh, we're getting close to the halfway point of this show nearly. Uh, we'll be crossing the halfway point next season, which is uh, crazy to think. But in terms of the episode count, we're nearly a third of the way through. But, uh, yeah, season two it was an interesting one to talk about. Obviously, the only real, I guess, planned season in terms of uh, they knew what they were doing from start to finish. Very uh, orchestrated season about uh, consequences of your actions. We... A lot of epic moments. We kind of met our final core three of characters that are going to be very important for this show moving forward. And uh, overall, uh, a pretty solid season of Breaking Bad. Still no bins from either of us. So uh, we're, we're doing well two seasons in. No, I think, I, I think I've had one rent per season so far, um, which was pretty good going on in a seven-episode season. But on a 13-episode season, that's pretty unheard of for me. So, um, yeah, that's probably speaking to, to my enjoyment of the show. I think it's been a, a really good season. And I think, um, you know, season two is a, a, a little bit of the one that gets a, maybe a bit lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, you think of those big moments and they all come in three, four, and five. So, And I think one kind of people remember it because it's the start, right? And so often I think season two gets a little bit kind of lost. Um, and it is the one that is a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I, just on the Wikipedia page for season two, there's this thing they talk about it being, you know, the only planned season. Um, and Vince Gilligan has this line that he says, you know, that this kind of planning that kind of you know, came about through many, many hours of beating our heads against the wall, very laborious work, which is probably why we haven't repeated the formula since. So I don't think they enjoyed the process of having a super planned out season either. And um, so, yeah, I think we're going to get something that the show is going to feel slightly more chaotic going forwards, um, which seems to work for it. You know, I think some shows have to be very well planned in order to work, but this one doesn't. Um, but yeah, so I think this is, it, it does make for a unique season. It, it does feel a bit different from all the others. I do love that even on the Wikipedia page it's saying that uh, Stephen King uh, praised this uh, series, uh, I don't know if it was just based on this season alone, comparing it to Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet. 
So, uh, get Stephen King talking it up a little bit. That's pretty good. Mm. But, uh, yeah, basically what we do in these episodes is we kind of just, you know, go over the main storylines, talk about our favourite, what worked, what didn't, characters, episodes, and everything else in between, kind of go over things that we may have not talked about and want to talk about again. Uh, then we also go, obviously, rating the seasons. We can do that properly now. We're into season two, so we can choose between uh, our ratings and, of course, our big thing, ranking the top five moments of the season. One thing I wanted to bring up, because I, I will forget, uh, I think, is uh, the filming technique. We brought this up uh, a few episodes back uh, when we were talking about Mandela, the shot of Jesse kind of floating up and sort of brought that question up about uh, whether or not that was uh, CGI kind of done on a green screen or he was put on sort of a crane system. And the one thing that I found was basically it seems as though he was put on a crane. So that was all a physical shot. It was not CGI. Uh, so, which is, I, I like that even better. Like it's kind of, you know, it's, they've gone out of their way to make that really, really good. So yeah, I just, I would just want to bring that up now. It's not really in context of where we start this episode, but I knew I would forget to mention it anyway. Nick, that was on my mind. So, uh, it's good that we can find these things outside of those two books that you wasted your money on. God, Nick, it's called the internet. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, um, if, if you look hard enough, there's kind of like a photo where you can see him kind of hooked up to this rig, which kind of gets, um, you know, gradually kind of um, raised as it goes. Up. And, and yeah, I, I love the fact that it's kind of a practical shot. I think that that's really cool. I think this isn't a show that relies that heavily on CGI. I mean, there's obviously moments where you kind of have to have it um, for, for obvious reasons and, and kind of we'll see them in later later seasons, I think. But um, it, it does it does feel like a very practical show. Like, everything feels more or less real. Um, and and I, that's something that I really, really appreciate about the show. So the main storylines really kind of go over this. And again, as always, Nick, I'll probably forget some ones here. So uh, by all means, chime in if I forget. But obviously our, our main point, our, our lovable duo of Jesse and Walt, uh, sort of it begins with them having to deal with Tuco. They've kind of uh, fi- found their latest sort of person to help them distribute their mess. But uh, Tuco's a little bit crazy. Uh, so therefore, uh, they witness him uh, killing... Um, uh, what's his face straight away? Why have I gone blank on his name already? No uh, dose. No dose. Thank you very much um, for basically speaking up to him. So kind of it starts off with um, Walt and Jesse being kidnapped by Tuco and basically Tuco getting killed off and realizing that uh, they're in kind of a shit situation again. How are they going to distribute this without some money? So eventually they decide to become their own drug lords and take over Albuquerque. They encroach into people's turf and Jesse becomes a bit of a somebody who they're afraid of because they think he's squashed somebody's head with an ATM and kind of they're, they're owning the streets. But then eventually it kind of all falls to shit when uh, poor old Combo, one of their uh, lovable gang, gets uh, killed. Badger gets arrested. Uh, so this then leads them after hooking up with Sol Goodman, great lawyer character, the best episode so far of Breaking Bad to me, better call Sol, uh, that uh, they get hooked up with a guy called Gus Fring. Uh, chicken man and uh, essentially he's going to help them distribute meth not just only in new mexico but across southwestern u.s so it's kind of the, sort of the telling the story of how it goes from the beginning of that to right at the end and through all that there's consequences along the way ultimately what this season is about uh jesse meets jane no it's not team rocket blasting off at the speed of light it's a uh, real two characters here jesse falls in love uh but ultimately gets both really addicted to drugs and sort of conflicts with Walt a bit. And through Walt's actions of not saving Jane when she dies of a vomiting overdose, essentially, um, 
This leads to uh, further consequences, a plane crashing over New Mexico because Jane's dad's destroyed. It sounds so interesting when you talk about this out loud, right, and you're not watching it. Um, so kind of all about that, and we sort of obviously get a lot of uh, great little uh, mystery elements of this season of uh, wondering what this pink teddy bear is along the way. Uh, other main plot points sort of outside of that storyline, we've got sort of Skylar dealing with Walt's actions, kind of she starts off the season I guess kind of uh, going into her own fugue state and kind of ignoring Walt and, you know, doing some things her own before sort of at the end of the season, essentially forgiving him. She gives birth to Holly. And then right at the very end of the season, of course, ultimately these actions catch up to Walt again because uh, this second phone debacle rears its ugly head and Skylar leaves Walt. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff around Hank and Marie this season, particularly Hank and kind of his, uh, you know, working his way up the ranks of the DEA, um, having to deal with the ramifications of shooting Tuco, sort of some uh, PTSD leads him to going into Texas and uh, ultimately some more PTSD by literally seeing a decapitated tur- tortoise bomb, which sounds great and it is great. And um yeah, sort of going along with that side of things. And uh, I'm not even going to mention a certain other character this season. We don't give a shit about him in that storyline. Um, Marie's kleptomania gets resolved. That was exciting. Um, Walt Jr. starts up a page with PayPal. Um, and I guess the main things too is I should mention, I've already mentioned Soul and Gus, and we obviously meet Mike. So we meet our big three, I guess, moving forward that are going to be very important to this story. So, yeah, they are kind of our main storylines, I guess, and uh, sort of the themes and everything that goes around that. Have I, have I missed anything, Nick? Is there anything important that I've, I've overlooked? I think just the, um, it's not really a, a, a storyline, but obviously the whole plane crash thing um, that, you know, we've also also got this thing that we kind of gets revealed at the very end of the episode, like literally on the last scene of the entire um, season is that, you know, there's been a, a few actions that, that Walt has contributed to um, ultimately lead to two planes crashing over Albuquerque. Um, and we've obviously had some some kind of flash forwards um, to, to some of those scenes, um, which have acted as some of our cold opens but it's not really a storyline it's just but it is an ongoing kind of mystery throughout the whole um the whole season yeah and uh ultimately as we've said a few times yeah the most sort of planned season so this is kind of from the beginning and also also of course uh the, the great sort of um, tease to that, that the four episodes that feature this cold open with the black and white, uh, you know, 737 down over ABQ. Fantastic little uh, sort of uh, teaser there for what was happening along those lines. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to say like favorite storylines and everything because, I mean, it's kind of just a season-long arc really. It's kind of... I think maybe we can maybe talk more about the least favourite stuff. We know what the least favourite one of this season is, but, I mean, of sort of the main sort of, like, I mean, I don't even know how to ask this question. Maybe I just I, I tag that into a, your team Walt or team Jesse all of a sudden based on what we see and talk about the things that you just think didn't work, sort of, or the side plots maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the the Ted and Skylar stuff is not our favourite, um, and um, feels a bit distracting. I think probably one of the issues with the Ted Skylar stuff is that it comes at the end of the season when you kind of want to get on with the action. I think if it had been kind of in the early to mid part of the season, then maybe you could say it was, you know, while other stuff was being set up, it was kind of there to, to maybe be a bit of a filler. But it just feels like it's at the wrong time. Look, I think for me, obviously, kind of the main stuff of of these guys um, working their way from, you know, actually creating the stuff to um you know being able to distribute it as the main part of the story so i think you know the last season was a lot of them actually making the drugs and how they're actually going to you know get in the methylamine and, and that kind of stuff whereas this one's a little bit more about distributing now um and the difficulties of doing that and i quite like that we get into some of the 
intricacies of, of actually distributing this drugs, whether it's through Tuco or whether it's themselves and some of the issues that come with that. Or and then we kind of get into what might be a bit of a more long term solution, which is which is obviously having Gus involved. And so I think that kind of the storyline of the distribution of this product, I think, is the most interesting part of this. And there's obviously some subplots that connect to that. The work that Hank's doing connects to that. So yeah, I think that that's really good. I think probably for me the surprise package of this season has probably been how much I've actually enjoyed the the Jesse Jane stuff. I think probably I was a little bit kind of meh on that um, on previous watchings, and and this time I think I was able to just stop and really appreciate it. I think um, Kristen Ritter's, you know, I think we can talk about you know one season characters in a little bit, so I might be getting ahead of myself, but I think kind of her acting and, and her role in the show is, is something that's really grown on me. So um, so so yeah, I think probably that's the main stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, I did enjoy the fact that you know I think last season we talked about what's the point of Marie a little bit and I think we're now starting you know we've gotten away from Marie having these kind of weird subplots of stealing things and and now she's like settled into being a really good support character like we're not trying to lead storylines involving Marie but she's a really kind of um, critical part of other people's stories and and does exactly what a support character should do so yeah, yeah I've really enjoyed that too. 100% and like I think I was critical of her in the first season but I'm, I'm coming to appreciate her now a little bit more but um, yeah I mean look I obviously the Ted stuff is just bullshit are just not interesting at all I don't <laughs> give two shits about any of that um, and I'll defend Skylar you know more so than anyone but just not sort of the Ted stuff and particularly stuff we're going to get next season with that um, but yeah like I, I the Jesse Jane stuff is sort of something that I've never had a problem with but I yeah I appreciate it a lot more kind of being able to critical look at it critically each week so I think kind of yeah definitely appreciate that particularly yeah with Chris and Ritter as well so um but yeah like I mean you know the soul stuff is always fantastic that we finally get it um and you know obviously the brief stuff with Gus kind of a very brief but we still get him and it's enough to kind of you know I love the introduction to him and all that kind of stuff as well um which I guess leads us into our characters. Um, our our five, uh, six, sorry, main cast members are, are back again for this season. Uh, obviously, Brian Cranston, Walter White, Anna Gunn, Skylar White, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, Dean Norris, Hank Schrader, Betsy Brandt, Marie Schrader, and RJ Mitty, or Mitt, or we'll get it white one day, Walter White Jr. Now, um, Walt, Skylar, and Jesse are in every single episode. Uh, Hank and Marie are in every episode but three episodes, and uh, Walter Jr. is in every single episode except for two of them. Um, yeah, Jesse and Jesse and Walt, uh, I guess, kind of, again, sort of, I sort of alluded to before, I mean, not we're really doing as much as we did on Nip Tuck, where you're Team Christian or Team Sean, but, I mean, you know, you sort of said at the very beginning that you've never been a massive Jesse fan, but, I mean, how is your mind sort of getting changed? You mentioned about the Jesse and Jane stuff, but just Jesse himself, like, has anything kind of changed on that thing two seasons in? Yeah, I think definitely that there's stuff to like about him um, in this season. And so, yeah, I think I've probably grown an appreciation of Jesse as a character a little bit more. Um, and, and, yeah, I think it's like the whole thing is with uh, with Walt, at what point do you as an audience member kind of turn on him and, and just not like him anymore? And I'm a long way from that, yet I still really like the Walt character. I think there's lots of fun to be had here. So it's kind of a bit of a balance for me at the moment that I like both of these characters. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be more interested in the Walt story because that's the main story of Breaking Bad you know while Jesse stuff is really really important the story is ultimately about Walt and so um, that's the story I'm most interested in following so to me it's really about is the Jesse stuff when we cut away from the Walt story is the Jesse stuff 
you know, interesting. Does it does it hold my attention? Do I want to know what's happening with Jesse? And for the most part on the season, the answer is yes. There are moments when I'm, I, I get a little bit annoyed with him. And I think kind of, I think maybe the kind of post Tuco pre Jane episodes are the bits that I'm not overly excited about Jesse. Um, but, but, you know, I think probably once Jane arrives on the scene, Jesse has a reason to be there all the time. And so, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. See, I, I really like, I mean, again, maybe just I, I've always liked Jesse more, but like, I, you know, when he's so down on his luck and you just, God, you feel so bad for this kid. Like, yeah, I was really appreciating that and really feeling for him. So I think, uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that very more. And like, I'm with you, like, obviously, like with Walt, I mean, there's a couple of scenes this season where you struggle to kind of be on his side. Obviously, the whole Jane situation, you know, and even sort of something like him making Junior drink, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of little things like that where you're kind of like, oh, like, this is tricky to to like this guy right now. But, um, I mean, kind of the birth of Heisenberg really completely here when he's, you know, Jane's obviously ultimately about to die right in front of him. So, um, yeah. But, Scott, look, again, I, I said it before, I'm more Team Skyler than most people out there in the Breaking Bad universe. But, yeah, like I sort of was on board early on. You can kind of see her reasons for going out and just kind of, you know, being how she is and, um, you know, even the whole sort of like smoking when pregnant thing, like it's it's tricky to defend her, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like shit, like this is where she's at and I mean, this whole Ted Sass bullshit. But like, yeah, the, the final scene with her in this season is just incredible and I'm just, I'm so on board. I, I completely agree with her actions and why she does it. So, Gotta gotta love me some Skylar. Sorry, Skylar haters, but and, and Hank as well. Like, I mean, God, like we're just loving this guy. And Dean Norris is incredible this season. It's some amazing scenes in this season for somebody who's generally considered sort of a one note actor. Like, just so good. And the Hank investigates storyline is some of my favorite stuff. I love it when Hank's kind of on the prowl and kind of investigating, and just the action stuff he's got, the comedy he's got. Just straight a brow. Uh, I mean, you know, just like I want the song sung every single week. But um, and yeah, as I said, I sort of appreciate Marie a little bit more. And Walt Junior had some great stuff this season as well. Sort of some cute little sweet emotional stuff. So yeah, there's not really a bad one of this. Um, there's no one really this season around of the main six where I'm kind of like, ugh, this season they were a bit bad in my eyes yeah and, and um just to to keep the the listeners updated is that um through my listening to the um director's commentary i can i can confirm that it is rj mitty um so we can, we, can, okay. we can we can put we can put that one to bed um but um yeah i i think um i i, I really need to kind of get my head around at what point the viewers really dislike skylar because i think it's probably more on what happens next season which is which i felt like we were sitting here talking about the end of season one going yeah season two is the part where everyone hates her but i think some of the stuff she gets up to at the start of next season is probably (laughs) the stuff that people don't like about her um because i don't really have a problem with what i've seen this you know this season i think um she's acting in a way that's more or less justified i think some of that stuff with ted is just as you've already said is bullshit um but you know i think that aside from that i I think probably you know for, for, for a role where she's just spent most of the time being pregnant i think we've gotten a lot out of her and yeah i think that last that kind of last scene with her is so damn good um so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I really enjoy Skylar. I think um, the kind of Hank stuff. What I'm loving about the Hank 
thing is that we're getting some layers to him now you know like i think season one he was just this comedic um you know kind of the comic relief i guess and now that saul's arrived it kind of leaves a bit of space for hank to to maybe not have to carry the can when it comes to the kind of comedy all the time and we're still going to get that from hank don't get me wrong but you know i think that it, it allows you know those kind of the lines that we're using at the start and finish of each episode it allows us an opportunity for for saul to kind of pick up some of the the slack there and, and hank can get into some more serious stuff and i even think back to you know like where the, the kind of the, the fake heisenberg gets arrested in the better call saul episode i think just even like the facial acting of of dean norris in that moment gives us a clue that we're going to get a little bit more of of that stuff and and obviously the stuff around the exploding tortoise is you know it's a different side of the hank character so so yeah i've really enjoyed that i mean rj Mitty's had a bit more to do in this in this one and and um it's been good. There's nothing to really complain about. I think, uh, you know, Walt Jr. is a little bit like Marie. They're there as the kind of support characters. So as long as they're not doing anything too crazy that kind of distracts you from the screen, they're kind of doing their job. We've got to talk about the fact that uh, you mentioned about sort of Anna, uh, Anna Khan, the, act, the actress, uh, Skylar's spent most of the time pregnant and kind of, you know, she don't kind of does have a baby. But I do like how, like, they don't really make this such a massive thing. Usually when a character has a baby in a show, it's like, you know, drama, drama, drama. But it's kind of like... She has a baby, cool. Holly's in it, and Holly kind of just gets used when she needs to be, and that's generally what a baby does. Like, I mean, as a Friends fan, Nick, you realise that with Emma, basically, kind of gets forgotten about half the time when uh, Rachel has has a baby eventually. So, uh, yeah, generally, as a baby comes along in the show, they're only ever used when they need to be used. Oh, so, for, yeah, forget about Friends. Like our last show that we covered was Nip Tuck, where there were two char- yeah. two two children characters that were three actually, when you include Annie as well, that were kind of like oh, I always include Annie. What's going on? <laughs> Boo. I think between Annie Wilbur and, and Connor, like they're there when they're needed and otherwise they don't exist, you know, like, you know, Christian's off having sex with some weirdo every week and, and <laughs> God knows where Wilbur is during all this, probably in the next room knowing Christian, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's so, so yeah, I do kind of like that. You know, I think, you know, obviously we now have a, a new character, which, you know, is Holly and, um, you know, I think Holly's always going to be quite critical to the show. Really. You're never going to forget that there's a baby around. And I think that that's quite cool. Um, so I think they do a good job of, of you know, I, I guess kind of paying, you know, paying more than lip service to the fact that there's a baby around without having to constantly go, but what do we do with the baby? Which is always the, you know, that's obviously always the challenge, right? We'll uh, look at sort of our notable guest stars and sort of mix these in with the guest and the co-stars. Obviously, you know, depends on how you uh, consider them when you're looking at uh, the episodes. Uh, so as, as usual, I kind of only go for ones in multiple episodes here and maybe we can look at sort of one-time people as well. But uh, our, our main one this season was uh, Kristen Ritter as Jane. Of course, she was in eight episodes. Uh, Gomez, uh, Stephen Michael Kazeda. Uh, he's in seven episodes. Uh, then we've got David House as Dr. Del Cavoli in five episodes. Four episodes. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, Sol Goodman, Christopher Cousins as Ted Beneke, uh, Matt Jones as Badger, Charles Baker as Skinny Pete, and then a few other ones here, obviously. Uh, John Delancey as Donald, uh, Jane's dad. Um, Rodney Rush's Combo is in a few episodes. We've got our ASAC George Merkett, Michael Seamus Wiles in three episodes, Clovis Todd Kiseshi, uh, three episodes. And then I guess the other main ones we should really mention, only in a couple of episodes, of course, Patash and Carlo Esposito, Gustavo Fring, got Hector Salamanca and Tuka Salamanca, Mark Golson, and Raymond Cruz. And uh, let's mention Carmen in there. Why not? She's in two episodes. I feel like we never talk about Carmen. Uh, she's, she's important enough to mention. So um, obviously I'm not mentioning someone like Mike because he's a one-episode character. We can maybe sort of go there. But, um, I mean, look, 
Soul, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to become a main guy, but uh, steals the show. Best episode of the season. And just to get Bob Odenkirk in this show is just absolutely incredible. And, I mean, you can't speak highly enough. I mean, the guy's literally got a spin-off. So, I mean, clearly, you know that character is going to be good. Um, yeah, we mentioned Kristen Ritter. Jane, fantastic. Appreciate her a lot more around this time and uh yeah for a one season uh character you know really really good to have her and uh sort of you, you remember this is the jane season essentially always love gomi uh gomez is great he's got a little bit more to do this season i think uh so you know it's he's always good value for money and then yeah sort of our, our crew of you know badger and skinny pete and combo are great and obviously i don't really need to talk about Giancarlo esposito because he's he's fantastic even in the two episodes he's in um, the Salamancas are great. I mean, the one I was kind of never super high on was Jane's dad. You know, like, again, the actor's fine. It's just, it doesn't blow me away. Obviously, Ted, we don't need to mention about him. Um, and Carmen, why not? <laughs> again, justice for Carmen. She's in this show, so why not? <laughs> and she's got an ass like an onion. So she never, does. Never, never want to cry. Come on. Look, I, I think for me, it's kind of hard because most of the ones that you're mentioning there, I don't really consider them to be guest actors because they're mm. going to be, they're like recurring. Um, so if I'm thinking of the ones that kind of are this season only, or, you know, basically this season only, it's kind of like, it's Kristen Ritter, isn't it? Like it's like, she is the one on this, you know, like Jane is really the standout kind of guest Um actor guest character on this particular season i actually like her dad more than maybe you do but i think um he probably just arrives too late to really have much of an impact you know i think if we'd had him maybe kind of sprinkled throughout these episodes as opposed to just basically been in the last two and you know a bit of a guest one a few episodes earlier than that you know i think we might have thought more of him like i just think that kind of I think is acting in that last episode, which is when it really matters. Like, you know, that last episode is when you kind of really want to see him shine. He delivers. And so I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's probably done what they needed him to do. Um, yeah. I think in terms of like guest actors on this one, I know he was only one episode, but um, our road trip guy um, in the yeah. medical Saul episode, you know, is the, the kind of cop. I think he's really good as well. Um, so yeah, I think, um, and, and obviously kind of like those recurring characters that we see from time to time i think you know they've been really good um you know r.i.p combo he's gone now so we're not going to be seeing him anymore um never really liked him that much anyway but um <laughs> he was the least <laughs> memorable of the three yeah which <laughs> yeah. one was he that's right yeah um so so yeah i think there's some um s- some kind of good little characters who kind of come and go and um they're good while we've got them um there isn't anybody that kind of like stinks up the screen really like even well Maybe Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, other than that, I think there's nobody that kind of distracts me so much from like, oh, why is this person here? Um, yeah, gen- generally, I think they're all pretty good. So yeah, I mean, you know, Jane's the obvious standout on this epi- on this season. Um, and and yeah, I, I don't think there's any argument with that really. You know, I just say hashtag less Ted. We should bring that back up. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, sort of our road trip guy, our one time, and we've got to mention Danny Trejo, who actually does yeah, come back next season. I forgot that he comes back for another episode next season. I'm, I'm that uh, far ahead of my uh, sort of, you know, jumping ahead watch that he's back on an episode. So I forgot that. Um, yeah, obviously I said Jonathan Banks, Mike, again, kind of as you alluded to there, kind of more of, I mean, he's going to be a main star next season. So obviously his first one here. Um, and Gretchen is back for an episode. This and obviously a pretty prominent scene uh, between Gretchen and Walt this season as well. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like there's, there's no one really bad. It's sort of, it's hard to talk about these sort of people. I mean, Danny Trejo to get him on, it's mm. such a great little thing. And he, again, he's in it for what? 
barely five minutes before his head's on a tortoise. So, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think also um, um, Hector Salamanca as well, you know, like he's yeah. he's only in it for a couple of episodes, but for somebody that doesn't have any speaking lines, pretty good act, pretty good um, character. And I, I, I know we talked about him last season, but again, it's probably last chance. We'll be the last chance to get to talk. We mentioned again Tuco, like Raymond Cruz is fantastic. And yeah. I think we kind of alluded to in those episodes, he kind of gets forgotten about some way along the line of kind yeah. of the great villains of this show. And someone who I guess was planned to be the big bad of season two and ultimately didn't sort of last along that long. So, yeah, any last chance to really give him props and fantastic character. And if we do rank the villains, like he would be a very high villain up on the list, even though he's only evident for four episodes. Well, so, and I mean, you know, slight spoiler alert that you know we 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 will see him again on Better Call Saul. Um, you know, so so yeah, I mean, he's obviously enough of a standout that they wanted to bring him back in a in a prequel kind of show. So yeah, yeah. Uh, episodes wise, obviously we had thirteen this season, and uh, you know, I won't necessarily go over every single one of them, but just to look at our sort of little stats here. You mentioned before that you're kind of on a one rent a season. You bought twelve of them and rented one, so. Uh, you, you definitely are on that. I was on a one rent a season until this season. I've rented uh, three and uh, bought ten. So uh, I rented a couple that you didn't. But uh, I'll just jump in here in terms of, uh, to me, the standouts. Uh, obviously, number one for me, Better Call Soul. That's my number one on my overall list. So uh, to me, that makes it uh, the best episode of the season, funnily enough. Other ones for me that were big standouts, Grilled. I mean, God, the ending of that episode was great. The tension, sort of everything around Walt and Jesse, sort of with Tuco, and even just kind of the way that's an episode of two halves, where kind of the first half is kind of, you know, you're ignoring the cliffhanger that you had from the the premiere, and then kind of you get to it, and it's great. Uh, and Peekaboo, just incredible. I mean, the ATM scene alone is fantastic, but just everything around that episode is fantastic. Obviously, sort of the trilogy, uh, sort of 11, 12, and 13, had ranked very close to each other there. Negro E. Azul as well up highly and the the first episode 737 uh my rents this season were breakage bit by a dead bee and over which i have as the lowest ranked episode of the entire series so far after 20 episodes uh, again it doesn't make them bad episodes we haven't binned anything um you know you're going to watch over over a lot of nip tuck episodes <laughs> um so you know it's still a good episode but it's just not quite up there with what we like and expect so um yeah they're kind of my my pros and my my negatives but uh, yeah better call soul so far right now 20 episodes 20 episodes in into breaking bad is to me the best episode of this show so far yeah well i mean i'm, I'm very similar to you i think we, we've had um you know remarkably kind of similar lists i think and, and rankings with you know a, a few minor exceptions and i've actually got um two season one episodes at the top at the moment so crazy handful of nothing and pilot are still my one and two but better call saw is my favorite of the season um and then grilled followed quickly behind um i just want to give a little bit of a shout out for mandela because i think that's an episode that i think is a little bit forgotten but obviously that's the introduction of um of gus in that episode but also how that one ends you know with the kind of um the kind of crazy kind of race to get the drugs to this drop-off point and then finding out that skylar's gone into labor i think that's a that's a great episode as well that kind of gets a little bit overlooked maybe because there's a bit of ted benicky stuff in that one but um <laughs> that might be the reason why um and you know i i, I kind of I, I, there's good stuff to find in all of them but you know even kind of like the negro is all there's some great stuff in that like the the 
whole um, Ballad of Heisenberg at the start, you know, which is is a great one, and probably is not going to come up as as like a scene because it's not really a scene. So we're probably not going to be talking about it in our top five, but it is just like a cool opener, I think, of of kind of these guys, um, you know, singing the song, which is which is so catchy. Um, and the one that I kind of um, on on the opposite it's, it's actually not my least favorite like you i've got over right at the bottom of my list um and down wasn't one that i loved particularly either but one that i think probably kind of gets forgotten has been a bit of a meh episode is 737 like i've got that like that's number 15 so far out of out of 20 uh, sorry sorry 14 out of um out of 20 episodes so far and so that's quite far down for me and i think like as an opener for the for the season, it wasn't particularly grabby to me. There was some good stuff in it, don't get me wrong, um, and it's a buy, so it's a great episode. But I think probably compared to a lot of the other stuff we get, um, yeah, kind of a little bit of a slow start for the season. Um, yeah, and it, it obviously starts to pick up. I think the kind of even flow of the season is really interesting that you kind of get this, um, you know, like – bit of a slow start in the in the first episode the second episode's great then we kind of get past the tuco stuff and it slows down a bit again a little bit then saul arrives on the scene and kind of just goes from there you know it kind of just goes you know it's, it's excellent from that point onwards as we sort of talked about at the very beginning we, we sort of know that episodes one and two were sort of meant to be the ending of season one so we could have been talking about a nine episode season and an 11 episode season so i wonder how that would have uh, played it out had that gone along that way um well now- just on that point just before you move on i think that is really interesting because i think we are trying to really um you know assess these episodes individually one by one but you know like i think if we were talking about um you know grilled as a as a season finale of, of season one um we might have a bit of a like that might might be even higher because you know like mm. it would have been such a great capper on a season um and you know, like, and likewise, I think probably um, ABQ, which we've just talked about in the last episode. I think you know, part of my my maybe issues around that, even though I bought it and I've got it, you know, in my top ten at the moment. So I obviously think it's a good episode. I think some of my issues around that were because it was the season finale, and it, it left me a little bit, little bit unsatisfied. Um, and you know, if that had been not a season finale, I probably wouldn't have had such a strong reaction to that. So I think you can't look at these things like completely without context i think you've got to look at the context of them a little bit and where they kind of fall and and dictate the flow of a season as well yeah no very good points actually yeah it's kind of important to point those out um i just want to say that on the ringer the highest rated episode this season they have overall better call soul came in at 12th overall in 62 episodes they don't have any season two episodes in the top 10 interestingly enough uh i don't know if it's the only season if i can quickly scroll they've got a season one episode they've got a season four they've got a season five they have a season three so yeah it's the only season that they do not have a season in the top 10 interesting um so uh well that leads us into rating the seasons unless there's anything else i haven't uh brought up that uh we want to get into is there anything groundbreaking that i haven't mentioned that you want to bring up again on season two before we get into our ratings in our top five no, I think we're good to go. I think this is an interesting conversation to have. And um, when I was thinking about it earlier today, I was kind of like, it is a really hard one to think about because we're talking about a seven-episode season versus a 13-episode season. So, you know, like there is this really kind of tough thing of we're talking about a season that's literally got half as many episodes as the other one. And in some ways, that's a good thing because, you know, like it's maybe t- leaner and tighter and all that kind of stuff that makes it, you know, really great to watch. And in other ways, it, it kind of means that you don't have time to explore some of these ideas 
ideas that we maybe get in season two. So it's really hard. I was trying to think of like a movie equivalent of that. And it's kind of like the one I came up with was like trying to compare something like Deadpool, which is like a great, you know, movie um, against maybe like Avengers Endgame or something or Avengers Infinity War, which is a really long movie. And they're both kind of like, I, I love them for, for different reasons. But if I was, if I was going to try and rank them, that would be really hard because I think they're just two really different products because of their length and their scope and um and, and you know like one is always going to be more epic because it is longer and it has more time to play with so um yeah I, it, it is really hard just from that perspective i think that's a good way of looking at it um and yeah i i sort of i know i did a lot of this on sort of our other season shows and kind of working it out and like Ultimately, I remember, yeah, Nip Tuck, I was adamant that season two would be my number one season. But when it came, push came to shove, I bought literally every single episode of season four. So I couldn't rank season two above it, given that I had basically got a 100% buy rate. And a lot of this comes down to this now for me as well. Like I'm looking at sort of my seasons here. And a lot of it also comes down to where I rank things in the top 10. And currently my top 10 has five episodes from season one and five from season two. So that doesn't make it very easier. I mean, I look at my top five, three from season one, two from season two. Uh, but then ultimately I flip it around and look at my bottom uh, sort of five. And in my bottom five, there's only one episode from season one. The rest are from season two. My bottom episode is a season two episode. And I also kind of then work out the percentages where you say like it's tricky because you've got a seven episode season versus 13 episodes. You've got more things to work around. But ultimately I bought 85% of season one and only 76% of season two. Uh, so again, law of averages, working it out, thinking about it a little bit more and kind of, I, I'm going to go with season one at number one and season two at number two. I just, I just think that, yeah, it's shorter. So it's maybe easier to kind of have more of a complete season, but you know, like it's kind of, I get more out of season one, I think at the end of the day, because it's, it's short, it's to the point, you get everything you kind of need to know from the show and you, you're begging for more. Whereas season two, Again, I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, season two is is still a great season, but there is definitely some episodes where you kind of are like, okay, let's let's move on now. Do we need that? Do we need this storyline? Do we need the Ted stuff? Do we need Marie stealing stuff? Like it's kind of it's it's stuff along those lines. I like the fact that it was planned. I like the fact they knew where they were going from start to finish. I actually really like that when a TV show does that. It makes me kind of come out of it more complete. Uh, epic scenes in season two. We meet some great characters. The best episode so far of the season, but uh, of the series, I should say. But just by a whisker, I'm putting season one ahead of season two. Very, very close at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I think I probably take a, a, a less kind of statistical approach to my thinking. And it's just like, I, I just kind of have like these images in my head of like, you know, what do I think of these seasons? And, you know, what are the big standout moments? And, and how did it make me feel? You know, like, um, you know, did I feel more connected and more excited about what I was getting in season one or in season two? And um, it is really, really hard. I think it is the challenge of a second season is that world building. You know, I think season one has a lot of advantages that it has allowed not just episode count, but also characters. It's tight. You know, there's not that many, there's not that many characters and you're not introducing a new character five episodes. And generally speaking, well, they do with season one, I guess with Tuco, but you know, you get my point is that, you know, I think you, you start with a small cast and you, you're not forced to build on it when you know you've only got seven episodes. Um, whereas season two, you kind of have to start that world building. Like, you know, you're going to get a season three and at this point so you have to start planning ahead for season three and adding characters in um and so i think like for me 
am I going to judge this? Am I going to judge these two things by their best or worst? And I think I'm always going to try and judge them by their best because I think, generally speaking, you know, I've I've binned one, sorry, binned, I've rented one from each episode, from each season. So from that perspective, it feels pretty even to me. Um, you know, like, am I going to judge this season more harshly because of the Ted stuff, which I don't enjoy? Um, you know, like I've enjoyed the kind of Jesse Jane stuff more than I thought I did. And I just think like some of the, like when we start getting into these top moments, I think the ones from season two just feel more epic they feel like they hit me bigger than maybe the season one so i'm actually gonna do the opposite of you i'm like and it is again by a whisker i'm gonna put season two ahead um and i feel kind of bad doing it because i've always tried to defend season one because of that thing that people say about oh this show just gets better and better so you know by definition that kind of suggests that season one is the worst and i've 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 always struggled with that idea because I, 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 I don't necessarily agree, but I think I, that could be the way I'm headed potentially um, by making this decision. Um, but, but yeah, I, I do think that the stuff here, I just, I really enjoy. I connect with it a little bit more than I do on season one. I'm starting to grow with these characters and, and enjoy these characters. So yeah, I think it's like a, it's like a 51 49 decision to, to kind yeah. of give it to season two. I would probably say about the same there too, which is good. It's good to have a slightly differing opinion. Uh, before we get to the top five, I should mention just uh, looking here at the awards at season two one. So obviously we mentioned that Brian Cranston won the Emmy again, best lead actor. And I like here at telling me the episode that they nominated. So Phoenix was the episode that uh, Brian Cranston got nominated for quite clearly. Uh, and I talked last week about sort of Aaron Paul in ABQ, just that one scene of him and how epic that was and how amazing he was in that episode. He actually, I mean, this also makes sense. So he actually got nominated for Peekaboo. So it wasn't even for ABQ. So um, very, very interesting that the kind of that was one they went there. Also with the Emmys at one outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series for ABQ. Uh, so it won two Emmys that season and a bunch of other awards, Satellite Awards, um, the Writers Guild of America Awards. Uh, yeah, so many different sort of uh, ones here, which we won't go through all of them. But obviously the main ones, the Emmys kind of there. I don't think you got nominated for any Golden Globes that year, which was quite interesting. Well, so. I think we're getting to that point now where it is starting to become the show that everybody knows. And I think you now when we start talking about season three, I think we're going to talk about, you know, that this is no longer kind of like this cult show. It now starts to become a show that has a following and it has more people and, you know, more eyeballs on the screen. And, and um, I think that that kind of changes the way that the show's viewed. I mean, I can have a real quick kind of look, you know, at, at this and, you know, we're kind of getting kind of 1.2 to 1.5 million viewers you know mm. per per episode on season two um and as we kind of move into season three 1.6 1.7 you know so it is just starting to tick up a little bit as we kind of move into that um so i think probably the average is slightly starting to to pick up um as we move into season three so feels like we're kind of at that turning point where it goes from being the show that kind of nobody knows about this little cult following to now suddenly one that people are going to start picking up on i think yeah no i completely agree and i think i sort of i found that chart where sort of the the ratings and sort of just how high it was kind of going along it's that rare type of show where as you said it kind of gets better as it goes along and gets more prominent as it goes along whereas generally the other way around our top five now this is going to be interesting last season we basically had five moments which we just had straight away we knew what we had and we just had to put them in order this time around uh i think i've got i've got a whole bunch here and obviously there's probably about three here that i think are kind of locked so i guess i mean straight away we know jane's death is going to be there uh is jane's death just going to be number one do we just say that right now 
Uh, yeah, probably. I, c I can't think of anything that has such a massive impact on the show that, um, that that beats it at this point. So yeah, I think probably that feels that feels right to me. Yeah, I'm just going to put that straight away down that we don't have to debate that. So that's obviously from episode uh, 12, Phoenix. So we'll just put that straight away. So the other ones that I think kind of uh, sort of our main sort of ones that I think you would uh, pretty much guarantee there. Now, I'm guessing the ATM death is one. Now, the other two, though, that I'm kind of tossing up with the three, are we thinking tortoise explosion or the Tuco death? Well, I think the Tuco death is kind of a, a, a must-have from my perspective because I think it is just that moment where the shit gets real on the show. You know, I think it, um, in terms of, you know, Hank's been involved there, I think it's it just kind of shows that the, the show's getting bigger. Um, yeah, to me, I think that's a, a must-have. Um, the, 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 the tortoise show one I'm, I'm less convinced about because it, um, even though it's a great, and I think probably like Breaking Bad fans would probably scream at me because this is such a memory scene but i think it's you know in in kind of a vacuum it's a great scene but it's actually not super connected to everything else that's going on you know like i think the, the difference for me is that the tuco stuff is really connected to to walton jesse and even the hanks involved and is the one that does the you know, pulls a trigger um it's very much about walton jesse as well in the background whereas the tortoise shell is kind of separate from all of that it's a great scene and it, it, it is really and i'm absolutely not opposed to having it in the top five don't get me wrong um but i think it's maybe not n as necessary as the tuco one that would be my take on it anyway all right, well, I just, I'm just going to go through here what I've noted down throughout this season. So, uh, by all means, if I miss any, please uh, jump in. So, the, in order, from uh, down, I've got the uh, the Jesse and Walt fight, and then ultimately with Jesse with the gun. Oh, not the gun. He's like he's basically about to kill Walt, and sort of Walt's like, do it. And then it's kind of like, would you like some breakfast? I kind of, I, I really like that scene. Um, from Peekaboo, obviously, we've got the ATM. We've talked about that one. But the other one, of course, is the Gretchen-Walt uh, moment when basically... Walt tells her to get fucked. Fuck you. Uh, from Negro is all the the tortoise blowing up, of course. Uh, from Better Call Soul, I marked down two. Uh, I marked down, uh, I think it was the, the desert scene with Saul getting held up hostage and uh, the ending scene when kind of uh, um, sort of Soul comes in and kind of, you know, you realise he's a little bit more than some skeezy lawyer, essentially. Um, from four days out, I've got Walt punching the metal box at the very end of that line, a very quick scene, but uh, kind of a, a prominent one. From over, I've got the whole stay out of my territory line right at the very end, uh, kind of as one I've marked down here. Uh, from Mandela, I've got three. I've got Walt meeting Fring for the first time. Um, I have got the uh, Walt at the very end, uh, rushing to take his product with the whole baby coming section there. Um, and the other one I've just written here, great. What was the other one here I've written was that, here? Was that the, the, the Fring and, and Walt first? Um, oh, yeah, the other one. Sorry, yeah. I, I mentioned it's Jesse floating. So Jesse floating and right, yep, right. Fring. Yep. yep, yep. So that one uh, from Phoenix. Oh, we've already got Jane dying, so that one's already on there. And then from ABQ, the four that I marked down, Jesse's breakdown, Skylar kicks Walt out, um, the which one phone situation and Hank and Gus for the first time. So there's a lot to kind of there. We've got our three essentially. So we've got the ATM and the Tuco death. Uh, again, we haven't necessarily got the order for those yet and obviously Jane's death. So I guess it's coming up with two. I mean, look, I, I'm just going to put this out there. Probably thinking about that all out loud. I'm a huge advocate for Jesse's breakdown and I'm a huge advocate for Skylar kicking Walt out. But having said that, I also love the tortoise explosion. 
<laughs> I yeah. really love the tortoise explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think kind of like what we're getting to here is kind of the difference between scenes that we absolutely love and we think are, you know, these these kind of like acting masterclasses and and all that and, and kind of like the ones that are the – you know, oh yeah, I've seen Breaking Bad. I saw that, you know, that scene where the tortoise blew up. You know, it is the one that everybody thinks about. Um, and and there isn't a right or wrong about that, actually. It's just about those are the ones that are, abs- you know, are we going for memorable? Everybody remembers that particular scene because it was so, you know, shocking. Or are we going for the ones that really kind of show these characters? Because I think you've probably now, like, look, for me, I think there's probably a few honourable mentions that I'm happy to let them go, but I kind of just want to want to note them. And I think probably that Walt Gretchen one, I think is really good um i think it kind of starts to show what an asshole walt is when he wants to be um and the one that i absolutely love but i it just doesn't feel like it belongs here is the the kind of um the kind of climax of the better call saul episode where they're you mm. know doing the the um the arrest of the guy on the bench and you know and and the reason i like that is because i think it, it mixes the tension that is there's always present on the best scenes of breaking bad with a bit of comedy which um i think breaking bad is really good at doing but i i i just don't think that either of those is really kind of stand out enough which is crazy because they're both amazing amazing scenes and on just about any other tv show these would just be your number one scene of, of, of any season and the fact that we're probably not even going to put them on our top five kind of tells you everything you need to know about how good the show is so I, look i agree with you i think we're probably down to those three so can you just tell me what those were so that's the tortoise exploding the skylar walt um skylar at the walt out and jesse's breakdown in there yeah in the yeah yeah and, and I, look i think I think we, I think we probably need to pick one of the two of the Skylar Walt and Jesse Walt. I think probably having both of them I agree. feels like overkill. And I think the tortoise one is, the tortoise one kind of shows the reality of the show and and um you know is that kind of shocking moment. And I think while the kind of I guess kind of like the the. I guess you'd say probably the the ATM and the Tuco one have their their shocking kind of things like they're they're different. And I think it's kind of. Yeah, I, look, I think the tortoise one is just like, it's just such a standout memorable thing that everybody kind of remembers that. I think we can't not have it on this list. Well, the, other, the only one I'd say in terms of memorable ones, like, I mean, look, the, the Jesse floating one's very iconic, but I think yeah, the tortoise one's yeah. probably more graphic and more shocking, whereas, like, the Jesse floating one is, yeah, I think kind of, yeah. But, look, I, I'm with you. I think that... Um, that's where it's tricky, though, because, like, look, if you were to talk about from a story perspective, Skylar kicks Walt out should be there, I think, kind of, because, like, as you kind of talked about last week, the way she pieces it together, she doesn't just drop it all in one go. The acting, the way she's up in his face and just, you know, it's it's such an important scene, particularly what we're going to get sort of moving forward between these two. I just, like, uh, from an emotional standpoint, Jesse's breakdown is just heart-wrenching. Um but, like, if I had to say as much as it pains me because I just love the Jesse breakdown, I, I would probably say the Skylar kicks Walt out is more prominent and more important from a grand scheme of things. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. And I think, um, like, the other thing, too, is, like, if we're trying to get, like, a good representation of the season, then I think um, we've got Jesse included in another scene. You know, like, Jesse's obviously part of the Tuco one. Jesse's got his, his moment with the, the, the ATM one. So we've kind of got Jesse as a character covered. Um, and, and we don't really have Skylar anywhere else, yeah. do we? So no. I think probably 
that, you know, and, and that's not a, that's actually in itself not a reason. I'm just trying to find reasons. To that's a, that's a like, good point, though. Like um, it is. Like I mean, sometimes you can't help it though. You're going to have to have prominently ones. But like, I think yeah. Like if just from an acting standpoint, Aaron Paul just and like again, you could argue well, it's important for the fact that you know it's this relationship between these two and like he's trusting like a dad. But like, I, I don't know, like Skylar. Like, because this is the thing. This is why Walt's doing this is for his family. So when these little things break down, and he's like, as much as Jesse is his family on a level, like Skylar's his wife. Skylar, he's, he's doing this for Skylar. So the fact that Skylar is leaving, and basically kicking Walt out at the same time, like it's kind of like it's it's important for the fact that Walt's doing this for this reason. But it's kind of backfiring on him because he's having to keep so many secrets. Um, and even when he's willing to tell her, she won't listen. So mm. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Okay, if we're in agreement to the five, it's just the order now. We've obviously got our one. Is there one prominently here of the five that you think we should just be on the bottom that we can't put any higher than five? I, look, for me, I think um, I, I, is it maybe just the tortoise exploding one because I actually think even though it's a a really memorable one, I actually I like the other three better personally. Like, I, I it's one of those ones where I think. It's good to have the tortoise one on there. It's a great scene. It's memorable. Um, but I actually think the other ones are, are, are better. And that's a, that, that feels like a really harsh thing to say. But, I, I, yeah, I just think we're just, we've got so much stiff competition for these kind of spots in this one. That, no, I'd agree. Yeah. I, so I, I think I would put that at five. Yeah, five. I, I mean, look, working my way through it, maybe number two, Tuco's death. I mean, like, I'm, I'm an advocate for the ATM death, but, I mean... Again, storyline-wise, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. And I, and I think probably when we're starting to get into kind of tiebreakers here, I think it should be, for me, it should be what, which one kind of um, propels the story forwards more. Um, so, um, you know, I think when I think about it, the two that kind of I think should be near the bottom of this list are the one we've obviously just put, which is a tortoise one, and then the ATM one, because even though they're fantastic scenes, I don't think they contribute massively to the story moving forward. They do in their own way, but I think the other three are really kind of story-driven. Um, and so, yeah, I think probably for that reason, I would put ATM for the Skylar one three, but happy to to argue. No, that I, I'm with you. I think I I, I can't really. Yeah, no, I think it's a good argument. Um, and yeah, so I'm happy to put that. So I'm just writing these down. So that means so we've got five different episodes. I like it when we've got a good spread. Um, so from five to one, the top moments of this season, we have the tortoise uh, decapitated head explosion sequence. Uh, from uh, episode seven, Negro Iazul. From um, Peekaboo, episode six, we have uh, the death of uh, Spooge being crushed in the head by an ATM. Great scene. Uh, from episode 13, ABQ, Skylar leaves Walt, kicks Walt out, basically reveals that she kind of knows a bunch of stuff and doesn't want to know the truth. From episode two, Grilled, we have the death of Tuco, Hank shooting Tuco at the very end. And the number one moment, which I think we always knew was going to be the case, uh, the death of Jane at the end of Phoenix, basically Walt uh, inadvertently killing Jane and I guess not saving her at the end, which uh, prominently could be very much uh, in our top 10 come our series recap. So uh, happy with that? Yeah, I think so, and I think you know, God, I'm 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 not looking forward to having a conversation about 
top tens because that's going to be so hard. Um, well, the, the, the beauty of that though, Nick, is that like a kind of we don't really have a conversation. Yeah, on, we both right. put our yeah. votes in, and then it's yeah. kind of revealed. So it's kind of that's that's almost the easiest way of doing it in some ways. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a cop out, eh? Because it's going to be so hard on this one. Because like each of these five scenes that we've just put up are amazing. We could have easily gone ten, maybe even fifteen on the season, and still not been stretching to find some. So, and that problem's only going to get worse. I'm afraid as we move forward. Well, speaking of that, we're into season. Season three, and uh, I will say, like I've I've kind of started watching ahead. I'm about seven or eight episodes in, and um, just initial like impressions. Again, I'm not writing notes yet. I'm just kind of watching, and sometimes I'm even just almost watching in the background because I know I'm gonna have to watch this closely. Like. I just want to say this, and I don't know if this is controversial. It starts off a lot slower than I remember season three. And I'm kind of getting to points, sort of going through, like, this is meant to be a really good season. I remember some epic moments of this, but, like, I'm sort of getting into it. And, you know, episode six, seven are pretty good, but, like, some of the earlier episodes, I'm really going, hmm, okay, this is a bit different than what I remember. And I don't know if it's the Skylar stuff where I'm starting to really not like sort of what's happening. But, um, I mean, gosh, I'm up to some really good stuff picking up. We're getting some good Gus stuff. We're going to have an episode this season which is, the most talked about episode of the entire show, uh, whether it's a good or a bad one. It's uh, The Last Jedi of uh, Breaking Bad. And there's a reason why it's The Last Jedi of Breaking Bad. Uh, very big connection. Maybe the reason why The Last Jedi got a certain director. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm just saying that now off the top of my head. But we get... I love the villains. I love the twins, like, and kind of, you know, their introduction's pretty epic. Like, they're kind of mysterious and it's kind of cool along those sort of lines. And there's some great sort of tense moments along the way too that really kind of, you know, do it. But there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on that I'm at too where I'm going, okay, this is going to be interesting to talk about. And I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion. You seem to be nodding your head a little bit there, Nick, with your opinion that maybe it starts off a bit slow. Yeah, I I think so. I think that season three gets hot exactly when it needs to, which is at the end. I think it just, you know, it, it, it burns really bright in the last kind of three, four episodes, which is which is really good. Maybe maybe not quite three, four, because that takes an episode 10, which is the controversial one. Um, but, but yeah, I think um, there is some amazing stuff in this season. But, uh, you know, because I, I talked in this one about how season two is kind of up and down at kind of, First episode slow, second episode's amazing, gets a bit slow again for a while, and then just gets really hot towards the end. And I think probably it's a little bit similar with this one, except there maybe isn't a, a bump upwards right at the start. It kind of just it's a slow, slow build, and then it just goes crazy. You know, like um, that's kind of how it feels to me. And so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to season three. Just kind of starts to feel you feel comfortable with these characters now. You know, like I, I feel like we know these people. We're not adding a whole bunch of new characters. No, we're adding some new characters, but not a whole bunch of new ones. Um, you know, we're working with what we've got and we're building their stories. And, and um, I really enjoy that. I think probably parts of, of the, the next episode, which are a little bit hard to get through other kind of, um, I, I guess, kind of family dynamics that are going on. Because I think we're at the point now, it's like we want to get into this kind of drug story and cartels and things like that. But we've got a few family issues to deal with too. And like as you just said, the whole reason Walt's doing this is for his family. And so we can never lose sight of that family stuff. It's always going to be a part of the show, but it can feel like a drag on momentum at times, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like it's just going to be like absolute smooth sailing everything just gets better episode by episode um you know there is going to be moments where it's not quite as good as you maybe want it to be but yeah i still think it's it's a great season overall come for the excitement stay for the 10th episode which i'm just actually looking here 
the baffling thing, and we'll talk about this when we get to it, is the guy behind this episode, the guy, one of the most, you know, talked about guys in the last few years when it comes to either shit or brilliance, whatever you want to say, no matter what you say about him, he goes on to direct, which might arguably be the greatest episode of Breaking Bad ever. I forgot that he also directs that episode, mm. uh, that he probably directs the best and worst episodes. Maybe he should have directed The Rise of Skywalker. Maybe then we could have had the best and worst Star Wars film. Jesus Christ. We should have let him have one more. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, actually, well, he did three episodes of Breaking Bad. There's another one he does too. But uh, it's crazy to think that he does that episode and that episode. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Colin, if you're listening and you didn't realise who we're talking about, I think you'd probably do now that a certain someone, yeah. Good to talk about him. Anyway, well, I think uh, what, I, what I'm really looking forward to here is that, like, I've been the guy that's been, um, you know, following up with these these um, cast and crew commentaries, and episode ten fly has a director's commentary. So oh. I can't I can't wait to listen to that. I, it's going to be fascinating to listen to what they have to say about oh. that. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow, Ryan Johnson. Look at us talking to you about other things. And oh my goodness. Uh, any just quickly, uh, I don't know if you've watched ahead. Any thoughts just briefly on No Mass, the premiere? Like I feel we should kind of mention just any initial thoughts on that. I think it's a great episode. I think you know introducing those two new characters, I think is is really fun. I think they are really cool. They kind of get their kind of like badass moments as well, which is which is really cool. And I think having these two characters who are kind of badass and scary, um, you know that that you never hear talk I think is really cool I think that everything's done kind of through visuals is, is really cool um, I think it's an awesome way of doing things um, and you know like I think probably the clue is in the title we know we talk about title but no mass obviously translates from Spanish for, to no more and so you know obviously we're in that, that phase now of no more and you know I don't think it's too much of a, of a spoiler that you know as we get into it there's one that's just called mass which obviously means more so things are going to change um, and this is what the whole show is about is about change and growth and and, and how people evolve over time. So I, I really enjoy episode one. I think it's it's really good. Um, you know, I've kind of bagged episode one of season two a little bit in this this particular recap. So I think I'm going to have more positive things to say about about episode one of season three than I did of, of season two. Directed by Brian Cranston as well. So um, he likes the yeah. season ones. S- subtle little good Gus moments in the next episode too. I just. Uh... Yeah, but no, the, the twins coming into it straight away are pretty epic. And I have to say, one thing to look out for, the great use of real journalists in this episode for news reports. It makes it sound very <laughs> realistic. I actually really like that. And random character, which uh, it's an Oz Network trope. We always find random characters that we love, apparently. Hello, Annie. We talked about Nip Tuck. But uh, there's a random character, which I shouldn't like, but I just randomly like one character who is only in like two or three episodes of this show. I just randomly like her. I'm just like, she's the most random character that I like, but I just like her attitude and how she is. I don't know. There's just something about that I like. Um, I, um, one of the things too about the, about season one is that there's actually a massive moment. Oh, sorry, season one, episode one. There's a massive moment in episode one, like you know where there's a realization, there's truths told, um, which kind of oh yeah, that's in the first episode, next. isn't it? Yep. That's right. And, and, and so I think it's actually it's a it's a must watch episode for that reason. Is that which... actually it's a, a critical puzzle piece? Um, now that you mention yeah. it, because it's so subtly done that I'm watching that going, oh, that's that's a top five moment. It has to be a top five moment because it's like it's it's something we can't really talk about it without saying like this is something that you expect to happen one day and what's the reaction going to be when it happens so you know you're right i've got that's in the first episode i thought that was in episode mm. two but um yeah wow okay i'm looking forward to that one uh so that's next week no mass uh stay tuned i'm glad that one of us speaks spanish so we know what it means um but uh yeah in the meantime if you've liked our coverage so far go back and listen to the episodes leave us some feedback let us know what you're thinking uh if you enjoy this you'll enjoy our coverage of 24 and lost and our other movie recaps as well give them a listen and uh we appreciate any support patreon sign up 
get great bonus features stuff that we sometimes do so uh make sure you get involved in that too uh but i will end this by saying my name is ben and hey look it's a satellite picture of you farting and my name's nick and uh shut up you dumb you dumb skank i'm trying to concentrate thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>